what makes the good life the good life. This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of rural life, the growing entrepreneurial opportunities, and share some of the most interesting stories you may not have heard. Venture to all four corners of York County as we chat with some of the best people the heartland has to offer. Because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Today, I am here with Chad Shretlin. Chad is a senior recruiting and retention NCO for the Nebraska Army National Guard and has been a recruiter for just over 10 years now. Chad was also deployed in Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom from 2004 to 2005. He also volunteers as assistant coach with the York High School football team here in town. Uh, I first met Chad uh, quite a few years ago uh, when I was a wee lad. Uh, Bruce <laughs> Wagner had brought him to Emmanuel Lutheran Youth Bible Study, and so Chad got the fortunate luck to play knockout and dodgeball with all of us kids um, running around. Um, I'm very happy to see that I didn't scare him away and that he has remained here in York County. Um, I'm excited for this conversation to come as it's been a while since Chad and I have gotten to sit down and just kind of chat. So without further ado, I welcome Chad to the show. Hey, thanks, Derek. Happy to be here. (laughs) Talk to me a little bit about those first couple years like after you graduated high school. I know you were a Fillmore Central grad. yeah, I, uh, I graduated, um, I was the last class, or graduating class at Geneva High School. Um, we, we moved the football team together that year. We were the Fairmont and Geneva Cats. So it, <laughs> was, it, was, it was kind of the first time we, we brought two schools together in the area. And uh, it, was, it was pretty cool to, to get to know some of those Fairmont guys that year. But yeah, so the last class at Geneva High School, the following year they turned into Fillmore Central Panthers. But uh, yeah, I, I graduated high school. And when I was a senior in high school, I decided I wanted to join the Army National Guard. I It was one of those things where you just, when you're a little kid, you just kind of know what you want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to do that. And I also wanted to go to college. So that's kind of helps itself out when you join the Guard and, and you, it allows you to go to college and did you have other family members that had served or anything like that? Or I, are you the first? Uh, I had both my grandpas. One, my grandpa Shretland, he was uh, in World War II. And my grandpa Greece on my mom's side, my mom's dad, he uh, he was in the Korean War. Oh, wow. So, a little bit of history there. Yeah. yeah so, I, I I remember as a little kid, I'd always ask him questions like, what would you do? The stories, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. But, yeah, it, um, just out of my family, was... I think it was just my two grandpas and then myself and then I have a cousin um, that joined the Navy and okay. we're about the same age so yeah that's, that's really cool yeah so yeah. talk about those you know um, first years you know in uh, the National Guard how kind of that kind of went you know, oh, what it was the first few years like the, the first couple of years are fun I I attended basic training uh, the winter after I graduated high school so I kind of stuck around Geneva uh, worked for Ackland Construction down there and okay. doing some concrete work and just kind of waited until I shipped out to basic training. Arrived in Georgia and did basic training for about six months or for about nine weeks. And then I transitioned into my job training, which was working with radios, like military radios. So I did that in Augusta, Georgia, in Fort Gordon. And I came home about six months later 
and I I worked over the summer because in the guard it's just part time, so mm-hmm. I, I stuck around Geneva still. And I I went back to work doing some construction work until I started college at Southeast Community College that that following fall. So fall of two thousand So then two thousand and one. So right after nine eleven. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember doing construction work when nine eleven happened and I mean I was ready to go that night, you yeah. know. Just call me up and I was probably just like any other soldier that's out there. You're just ready to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you you were deployed in 2004 and 2005 over in Iraq, and you were a motor operations. I was I was a motor or? transport operator, yeah. which how I tell my recruits and people I talk to, I drive big green army trucks. Right. Yeah, I love it. It was it was by far the coolest job. Um, our unit here in New York, we were deployed alongside with a Columbus National Guard unit. We were the 1075th Transportation. We were deployed in 2004, and we spent exactly 365 days over um, in Kuwait is where we were stationed at. But we would do missions all over Iraq and just haul equipment everywhere where soldiers needed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, that was a good time over there. Uh, saw, I always tell people I saw the good, the bad, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, probably, yeah. saw a lot yeah. more than I could even imagine or even begin to imagine. Um, so you came back in 2005. What kind of role did you take when you came back in 2005? Uh, what was offered for you as far as you know, careers with the Guard back here in York or other surrounding areas? What, what was kind of offered to you? When I came home in 2005, I began working full-time for the National Guard in Lincoln, working where it, we call it the Aviation Support Facility, it's where we have all our Blackhawk helicopters. Mm-hmm. So it's cool, you know, you walk into the giant hangar every day and there's about 12 Blackhawk helicopters sitting in there, just millions of dollars. <laughs> and it was, it was a great place to work, good group of guys. And my job there was working with supply. So working with things, uh, making sure pilots have the uniforms and equipment that they need to do their jobs. So that was your first position kind of back. How did you get into... I guess recruiting. What kind of um, was your gateway into the recruiting world? Oh yeah, so Matt Wagner, who is a York native, he was my recruiter when I was in high school. He worked with me, and I always looked up to Matt. He was he was a good person, a good role model, a great soldier. So I learned a lot from him. And while I was working in Lincoln, just one day out of the blue, he calls me up and he told me he's like, "Hey, I think you should put in for a recruiting job." It's actually in Seward, Nebraska, but I think um, you you would make a good recruiter. And the first thing I told him, I'm like, Matt, I don't like talking in front of people like, at all. I'm, I'm really shy. So he's like, I'll just put it in and see what happens. So I put in for it, and lucky enough, I must have done pretty well in my interview because they offered the sewer job, and then they kind of opened it up a little bit more, and it was just going to be a Seward area, but... This one, they opened it up and had Seward and York all in one group. It was one region. Right, yeah, like one region. So I accepted that and just began recruiting right away. And I I went to recruiting school, which is in Little Rock, Arkansas. Very... What what sort of things do they teach you at recruiting school? Well, (laughs) a lot of paperwork. uh, (laughs) If I could show you our regulations, 
you would be shocked. I'm imagining it's but like a, a binder that's yeah, six inches. Yeah, it was like deep. These, but we had about 10 or 12 binders about that big. So it was a stack, probably about 10 two. little four inch binders. Yeah, that sounds like, like quite a bit to study. Three feet high under desk. <laughs> and it's not like we had to memorize every regulation, but we have to know and be familiar with each one. Mm -hmm. And then the last part of the course was you have to get in front of your class and give a presentation. Oh, and I was so nervous on that. I I remember I stayed in my room and just studied for like a whole entire week. <laughs> and I get up in front of the class and I'm just, you know, every, everyone's just staring at me and I'm sweating. Just sweating, and yep. <laughs> and they give you a time limit. And if you go over 10 minutes, I believe it was, then they disqualify you. And I think I was at like 9 minutes and 55 seconds. <laughs> so like... Right I, before the buzzer. Yeah. And in... It was that day I found out, you know, talking in front of people is not that bad as long as you prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I've been, I, I feel like I've been okay talking in front of people now. I so mean, you, you recruited for about eight to nine years and then you went and took another position, right? When did I, you, were you a marketing yes, expert um, or something like that? Expert. <laughs> oh, expert's a long stretch. So in, within our recruiting Battalion, we have a marketing and advertising specialist. Okay. And they open it up to some of the senior level recruiters, and I put in for it, and um, they offered it to me, and I accepted it. So I did that job in Lincoln for two years. And at the whole time, I was still living in York, commuting back and forth every day. And um, I remember I went out and bought me a little commuter car <laughs> and, you know, made the drive a little, a little Honda Civic or something. Yeah, yeah. it was a little uh, Chevy Cruze. I got yeah. it. But it was it wasn't a bad commute, you know. No, it, you know, from my house to the the armory that I worked at was probably about forty five minutes, you know, one way. And what was funny is when I was applying for the job, they were really worried about me living in York. So they're like, you know, have you ever thought about moving to Lincoln? And I I told my boss, I'm like, you know, I I really enjoy York. My family loves York. We we don't want to move. And they were questioning me about how long it takes to get there. I'm like, oh, it's about 45 minutes. And they kind of look at each other like, well, I live in Omaha and I commute to Lincoln. And one of the other guys is like, well, I live in Southeast Lincoln. It takes me about 45 minutes to get there. So it was kind of funny. I thought that it takes the same amount of time for me from York to Lincoln as it does for them from one side of Lincoln to the other side. Yeah, that is... Uh crazy thing about it. that's one of the things that um that i've had family hate about when they moved to larger cities is just the my brother lived in dallas for a while and it was 30 minutes to anything whether he wanted to go to a restaurant go get groceries there was nothing really close to his neighborhood even i have friends that live in you know lincoln still that talk about you know yeah their commute across town is 20 30 minutes and that would be like driving from here to you can get to central city probably in 30 minutes right yeah. and so to have that same type of commute is just weird to kind of think about you know, right. that kind of scale and everything. Um, so what made you kind of want to be a recruiter? Was there anything that, you know, was there like a, a drive or anything to become a recruiter or was it just, you know, this is a great opportunity for me. I'm going to do my best. And, you know, I, initially I saw it as a challenge and I kind of wanted to break that barrier of, you know, being nervous in front of people. Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed working with, um, kids I would say and I I saw myself for a while I, I started at college when I was in school um, with 
was studying uh, criminal justice. And after I kind of took a few classes, I ended up changing my major a few times. And eventually I started to focus more on education. And I see this job is really tied in with the education world. I mean, this morning I was at Milford High School talking to a group of seniors uh, and juniors just about like, what are you going to do after high school? So this part of my, my job, I love it. It's, I get to see kids when they're in high school or even before high school and just watch them excel and be successful when they grow up. What sort of things when you go into a school and give, like what kind of things are you looking to hear from students that think, okay, this would, person would be a good candidate or would be um, a, you know, a good person to try and you know, get some material in front of or something like that? You, or is there something that you're looking for or you just, it just get oh. material and then get feedback? Or just kind of how's that process look? I, it, that's hard to say because I could walk into school and I'll have kids right away say not interested. It's mm-hmm. like no problem. I'll I'll walk you know walk <laughs> over here. And a lot of times, kids don't really understand how the National Guard works. They they're kind of like me when I first joined. I I had no clue that I could choose a job. I didn't really understand the whole structure of the military. But with the guards, a little bit more laid back it's part-time it's not just every day you're go 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 mm-hmm. you can put this put the uniform on way, one week in a month and have a little fun training hang out with your you know guard buddies and then monday morning comes around you go back to work or go back to school mm-hmm. so a lot of times i look for those people that want to go to college that want to you know somehow become successful in their future and uh, I, I, I like looking for those kids that want to go to college that might struggle paying for college, mm-hmm. you know, such as myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess those are the kids that I, I kind of look for. They're the ones that may not consider this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do it. And a lot of times I'll, I'll get guys that will come right up to me and say, I'm ready to join. Like, sign me up. I'm here. So... That's that's always fun too. <laughs> so, do you guys have like a recruiting season, or is it just all year round? Where you try and well, obviously probably during school year, you try and hit. You know, the school's pretty hard, but um, how else do you kind of do that? We have a, our recruiting, I guess, season. It, it's a year long, and we go off of our fiscal year, mm-hmm. which is October first, okay. and then we. They always tell us, you know, they give us like a a rough number of, you know, how many people should join the military. And it comes down to like the strength of our National Guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw this last spring, the Guard was needed pretty bad, you know, with the flooding and stuff. And I mean, filling those positions where we have people, you know, supporting the communities during these times, we need those bodies. And so like our, our generals and our, uh, our higher up staff, you know, here for the Nebraska Guard, they they tell us, you know, hey, we need to bring on this many people, you know, per year, and so we kind of focus on that and like certain jobs. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times there's specific positions. Like right now, we're going to be starting up airborne infantry, which is pretty high speed, and you know, for those that really like the adrenaline rush, they're going to be excited for what we're bringing, you know, this this coming year. For, uh, for the guard here in the state of Nebraska. That'll be really cool. And then as far as recruiting goes, like, is there a time where someone, you know, you're, you're most likely recruiting people that are 20, 25, 
but you know, do you ever have those people that are 30, you know, 32, can they still apply? Is there a cutoff? You know, how's that kind of work? Yeah, as, as long as they're not 35 by the time they pretty much go to basic training, anyone below from 17 to 34 is kind of our age limit. But oh yeah, I get I get people in here all the time from all ages. And not too long ago, I had somebody in here that was get almost 34 years old and really considering joining. And uh, yeah, and a lot of times you get people that are 15, 16 years old that are like, I'm ready to join. It's like, hold on, hold on. So yeah, all ages. Um, it, it's What's really neat is the amount of the older population, I'm talking like, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, some of the the people that are looking at retirement now and how many people come up to me and say, boy, I wish I would have either stayed in for 20 years because of retirement or mm-hmm. I wish I would have joined and just gotten the experience. So I get that a lot too. And that's, that's always kind of a, a good feeling from the, I, I guess the older, the population. Mm-hmm. What are some of those benefits that, you know, everybody knows about the GI bill to go and get your schooling. Um, there's, um, to help with housing and stuff like that. What are some other benefits of, you know, being a national guard that some people maybe don't think about always, um, that, you know, maybe would help, you know, longer towards the end of their life rather than, you know, right immediately their future. Yeah. So some of the benefits we have, um, that's obvious is we will help pay for college and uh, lots of financial benefits to help out with college and education. That's probably one of our key ones. Um, another one that we have to really kind of focus on the current college population is we have a $50,000 student loan repayment. So I see your eyes are getting bigger (laughs) right now. Yeah. Um, and we also offer life insurance, medical insurance, dental, and, uh, there's another kind of a perk that I always love telling some of my new soldiers, we call it space aid travel. So it's where we have an Air National Guard base in Lincoln or the Air Force, let's say, has the base in Omaha. If any of those flights would you know, go somewhere, such as, let's say, Hawaii, any one of our soldiers, as long as there's room on those flights, they can hop on those flights. We call it a space or like a hopper. Kind of right along, yeah. yeah. And they can hop on that flight and just tag along, you know, and no, no payment necessary. Just... Yeah, so so we've had soldiers that just jump on a flight and they might go over to Europe or to Hawaii and just hang out on the beach for a couple of days and then fly back with with that same crew. That's that's really cool. Um, have you had any other positions then within the guard? Has it just mainly been recruiter, this market marketing specialist? Have those been you know it? Have you had any options to kind of veer anywhere else? Or I have. Um, there's a ton of options. There's always job opportunities with us on the full-time and part-time side. Um, a lot of people think just because we're the Nebraska National Guard that I'm stuck in Nebraska, but we, like, I've had opportunities to go to Alaska or to other states. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington, Washington D.C., we have a lot of opportunities there, but there's always ways to to get more experience, to find new leadership, you know, experiences and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I, I kind of like Nebraska. I like raising my family here. So I'm, I'm here and I think I'm here for good. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's good. We want to keep you around here for as long as we can, uh, keep the kids here as long as we can. Um, so what's kind of a, you know, a, a common myth about the guard that kind of scares people away or a misconception that you're always addressing um, 
you know, just to kind of ease people's minds, you know, there's uh, just to and kind of clear things up, you know, what, what, is there one that exists that kind of comes to mind right away? Or and I think the biggest one that I've seen is the fear of basic training. You know, people watch the movies and holy cow, there's a drill sergeant screaming and like people see that and right away they're going to freak out. I don't want to be a part of that. And that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of times what I tell my recruits and those students that I talk to is basic training is a lot like being involved with a sport, Mm -hmm. like a drill sergeant himself or herself they're, they are your coach. Mm -hmm. So if you are not hustling, you know, during a drill or, you know, slacking off, yeah, they're going to yell at you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a reminder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's not like they're just constantly yelling and screaming and stuff, but Mm -hmm. they are probably in, in my personal opinion, they're probably the most inspirational, motivating person I've ever met in my life. I mean, it's incredible how they get you from feeling like, oh, I'm just, you know, Joe somebody mm-hmm. and then turning into a U.S. soldier. Right. And like with so much motivation behind it. So I, I always tell people like basic training, you should never be afraid of it. Like it is incredible what it can do for yeah. a person. How it transforms yeah. you and oh, it changes people. It's so For cool. a positive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for totally. a positive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to sweat. You're going to, you're going to miss home for <laughs> about 10 weeks long, but I mean, there's sacrifices, and this is one of the sacrifices that I tell people it's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I guess that's probably something that I always think of is, you know, just the the constant, you know, you always see that. Yeah, just the constant berating. But then you also got to remember that they're only doing that because they want you to, you know, they have a, a bar that they want you to be at, and they want you to be better oh, and, yeah. and everything like that. So that kind of transitions into... Um, your time, I guess, you know, you are a motivator as a coach, you know, you've been a coach here in town for, or an assistant volunteer coach for gosh, almost 10 years now. I think 2008. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you've had some time around here. How has your time been as a, as a football coach here? In town? Oh, I've, I've loved being a football coach. Um, I love football. I love athletics, anything. I love competition. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I moved here, I, I got to know, Scott Comature, who was the head football coach at the time, and Dan Hughes was another football coach, and Jordan Crawford. Mm-hmm. So I got to know them and kind of just, I said, hey, if you guys ever need, you know, an extra hand, I'd love to come and help out. And so they invited me pretty much to the first practice, and I've been there ever since, you know, and yeah, I, get rid of you. I think I've been there maybe 12 or 13 years at York High School. So I didn't. I helped, uh, I was a volunteer assistant at Filmer Central too for three years, before, a couple years before that as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, I love football. I'll never get away from it. So, as your, how has your role kind of evolved over those past 10 years? Are you still doing the same thing or you didn't, you know, are you, have you, you know, progressed up the ladder? No, or, no. I guess, I, you know, what, what's that kind of, you know, over the years? Like, um, I, I'm just grateful for the opportunity just to, just to be there and help out. Um, when I first started, I, w- I worked a lot with the quarterbacks. That's what I played in high school, and that's kind of what I knew. And over the last couple years, I started working with the wide receivers mm-hmm. a lot and just working, helping them with routes and teaching them, you know, little, just little 
things to get you know get through the little edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also help out with the defense, working with the safeties and the the cornerbacks. But yeah, it's just I I love being on the field, get getting to know the kids, and uh, just watching them from freshman year and then all the way through graduation and just kind of watching them how they how they grow and become you know our motto on the football team is great men great students and then great athletes and that's really what we live by as coaches you know teaching it to all the players and coach Snodgrass really pushes pushes that for them as well so it's cool because we see these guys you know that have graduated you know for a couple years and they come back and I mean you just still talk to them. They still call me coach. Mm-hmm. And, I, mean, I love it. That's yeah, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, I've had the depending on when this one comes out, but I've had the ability to sit down with um, Justin. Um, you, I think, believe he works with wide receivers as oh, well, yeah. Justin Rodriguez. Just, yeah, um, and then Matt Bracken, I got to sit yep. down with as well. And so two other great you know coaches to have on staff. And so we have a a good diverse bunch you know up there right now. And so yeah. It's, I've been great to watch our coaching staff. I mean, we're all, we're all good friends, like mm-hmm. really good friends. We, we talk almost daily and, but I mean, our, our families are all, all, all friends, you know, we, mm-hmm. we're, we're just really tight knit and we all have the same goal in mind. Just make these boys better mm-hmm. and just in the classroom, on the field and just in life in general. Uh, so what's something that you've learned over these past um, few years coaching um, that you wish you would have known year one going into it. You know, is there something you know, looking back that if I had just known that year one, we could have avoided some learning oh. curves <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, gosh, with coaching, every year I, I learn something new, and with and, and a lot of times you learn something new with from the kids too. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's pretty cool because with Coach Snodgrass, he'll. He'll allow us to go to all these coaches' coaching clinics, and we'll just absorb information from college coaches, high school coaches, and NFL players, and it's cool. But like, I I can't say you know I wish I would have known some because each year I just kind of learn a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, just snowball effect. But no, I, I I just enjoy just enjoy the time and. You know, with with the kids and with the coaches. What's it been like coaching under uh, Glenn? Coaching with Glenn, I should say, not coaching under, because he seems like the type of guy you coach with, not under. Yeah, so. um, Coach Snodgrass, Glenn. He he's a great guy, and he he loves coaching. He loves his players. You know, he just lives and breathes for York Duke football, and and I love it. You know, it, it makes me love it even more, mm-hmm. and so. I, I learn a ton from him. I learn a lot about leadership, and a lot of times he uh, he reads a lot. So like his library is crazy, but there's a lot of military books that you know he'll. I, I notice a lot of like the military version books, you know, like from generals and uh-huh. you know Navy SEALs, and he gets a lot of leadership stuff. And we have a quote every day at practice, and a lot of times we're like former Navy SEALs, you know, will say this or generals, and so. It's cool because he he has a ton of respect for the military, mm-hmm. and I mean we we talk about nine eleven, we talk about you know veterans, and he'll uh, he'll mention me in my service you know about once or twice a year, and it's really cool the respect he has for the military, 
and he just he wants his players to know about it too. Right. So I got a lot of respect for him on that. But on the football side, it's oh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I learned a ton, and we just we just have fun with it. We really do. No, that's yeah. been great, and it's been great watching the success you've all kind of experienced on the football field the past you know five you know six years. I know this year didn't go as best as possible, um, but you know there's always building for next year and, and getting ready for next year. So that's going to be really cool to see the program kind of come along from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know when I first met you. You were here in town, a young 25. <laughs> uh, I'm older than you are when you would have you know, got here. Yeah. Um, so kind of how has life kind of um, you know, changed for you over these past you know, few years? I know you're married now and you have a couple kids, but talk yeah. me through kind of how life has kind of progressed with you know, here in York County. Well, let's see, I moved here. I think I was like 25 when I, when I first moved to York. Um, I really didn't know anybody. I knew... Matt Wagner, he's my recruiter, and maybe just a f- small handful of people. And he kind of got me involved with, at the time, we had the York JCs, so I became a little bit involved with that, so I got to meet a lot of, you know, other people. And just doing my job, it just takes me all over town, so I get a, I really get to meet more people all over the place, and and you know, just gets to know people. Um, I, I always tell people, but I think the biggest thing that really got me to know more people in town was we had the York summer games a few years back Mm -hmm. and it was great. It was like the community Olympics. And I remember I walked into, it was the the Java hut (laughs) coffee place back, back then. I walk in one day and I, I think I was in uniform and somebody in there is like, hey, you look athletic. Can you be on our team? I'm like, team for what? So I, I'm like, okay, sure, I'll well, do it. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> so I show up and kind of met some of the people on my team. And then I recognize a few people on the other teams. And, you know, we're playing volleyball against each other. I think water polo is a game, you know, softball and kickball. I mean, we just had a blast and just laughed. And it was a whole weekend and just a lot of fun. And those are the people I still have relationships with today. And it's just been great. So I, I always give credit to the York Summer Games for uh, <laughs> really introducing me to like half the town. No, and, yeah. yeah, and it's been great. And, um, and then a, a few years after I moved here, I my wife Angie, she was a she was a student at York College, and she was a student teacher at York High School at the time. And I, I believe you were one of her <laughs> students. I think I was. Yeah, yeah. and. I, think maybe you and another student actually I give credit to hooking us up yeah yeah yes. so, Brandon Lambert yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh so yeah because of you high school students you know we I'm, I'm happily married it's been 11 years that we've been dating and 10 years being married already so I mean it's been a while ago but you know we have three great kids um Eden who's seven Jake who's five and Eli who's three and I mean, gosh, life couldn't be any better right now. Yeah. All Celtics fans, I'm sure. Um, I would say so. My my 
Jake, who's five, he's obsessed with the Celtics, and good, he, good. He watches the scores daily to see if they won <laughs> to let me know. Idolizes Larry, and oh yeah, he's got yeah. a shrine and everything. Yep. Yep. gotta love the Celtics. What was your experience like in the in the York JCs? Talk a little bit about you know how that was like because we have a similar group here in town, oh, the yeah. York Young Professionals group that kind of spur you know JCs kind of faded away, and then we really didn't have anything. For our young crowd to kind of get involved with, and now we're bringing that back. So, what was your time like in the JCs? You no, know, you know, I loved it. Um, it was a really good group of people, um, people from all all different professions. I I remember there's bankers, there was you know a, a good handful of teachers, just all you know different different businesses all involved, and it was great. Like the people, they all wanted to make York better. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really fun. We, I guess uh, the way I always saw it was we work hard and we play hard. Right, right. You know, it, right. Was, it was fun. We'd just lay back and laugh and um, have a good time. And then we would be involved in a lot of different things around town. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. And then, like you said, it just, you know, it kind of just faded away. I think, you know. Everyone gets busy, mm-hmm. so that was yeah. Yeah, Jeff Baines uh, came and spoke um, one morning. Yeah, you know, to yeah. The, the one of our lattes with leaders that we have on the last uh, last Tuesdays of the month, um, New York Grown Professionals puts on, and he came in and spoke about yeah how it was just a big you know, social group where yeah you um, work hard and party harder. Yeah, you know, yeah. one of those types of deals, and um, it, yeah, it was great. You know, and I always remember you know seeing the JCs involved. With their big yellow shirts going to um, you know the um, county fair and counting the laps, you know, oh, yeah. always the JC's lap counters and all the other different events that they come on. So the young professionals group is really trying to kind of pick up that torch and kind oh, that's of great, start yeah. running with it again. Yeah, to totally. Get, get more people involved. You know, never a bad thing to have our no, young crowd here in town involved with stuff. Yeah, I would highly recommend it for anyone that's like new to town. You know, it's. You know, you, you kind of looking for people to hang out with. You know, mm-hmm. you might not have kids yet. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, but it's it's almost needed. Yeah, yeah. You you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to kind of bridge that. Yeah, totally. That, that kind of gap. So you graduated from uh, Fillmore, from Geneva, and yeah. from, you know, uh, from down there in uh, Fillmore County. So why you could have easily lived in Geneva. You could have easily lived somewhere, even you know Fairmont or something like that. Why did you decide upon York County as the place that you wanted to call home? You could have split the difference, moved <laughs> to Seward. Well, um, what's funny is when I was first offered this recruiting position, um, Seward was also my area, and I had I I split myself between two armories, the Seward Armory and the York Armory. And when I first got hired, I began looking for houses in Seward. Because at the time, I was living in Lincoln, and I just thought, oh, you know, Seward's closer to Lincoln, so I, I better start looking around. And we had a change of commanders, and the new commander coming in, he called me up, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, well, actually, sir, I'm looking for a house in Seward. He's like, why are you in Seward? Isn't York right in the middle of your area? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I would love it if you would live right in the center of your recruiting area because Seward was on the edge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, uh, I get. I guess I'll go look for houses in York. So I I went down and um, contacted Norm Green, and gosh, he found me a great little house here in town. And um, so I bought my first house here in York when I was what 25 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, 
just started working here and gosh, I, I, I love York, you know, there, I, with my job as well, you know, I, I worked in Seward, you know, quite a bit. So I got to know a lot of people over there as well. And, you know, that's, a, it was still a good community there, but Geneva was awesome. Like, I'm so glad I was, you know, born and raised in that town. It's a great community. I, I still go down there and recruit and have a lot of friends down there. My brother still lives down there. So, um, I really enjoy going down there a lot too. And, but this whole, like, this area that, you know, I'm blessed to work in, you know, surrounding York is just, it's a great place, you know, to live, to raise kids and to work. It's awesome. Is there any, has there been any, you know, polls to leave York County? Have you had any, you know, offers to leave and it, it, what, um, you know, what keeps you here in York? Um, that's a great question, but I think every, I mean, really everything it's, um, the school system is awesome. It's great. And um, the, we have a ton of friends here. My mom lives here in town. But we really don't see ourselves moving. Not in, you know, within the next 10 years at least. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife, Angie, she's from Arkansas. That's where her family's all at. And we've always considered, you know, maybe we might end up down there, you know, in the future. But as of right now, like, we have no intentions on leaving York or you know, to go anywhere really. No, great. Yeah. We we're gonna keep you as round as uh, yeah. round as long as we can. That's no doubt. Um, we're gonna jump into some rapid fire questions that I have here to kind of round out our interview. You got it. Favorite restaurant in York County. Oh geez. That's hard. I got multiples. Name okay. off your top three okay. or four then. Yeah. So I would say uh Sunday mornings, the family and I we love going to Carrie's in McCool. Oh, yeah. Like the Sunday brunch. Love it. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went out and kind of celebrated the our 11-year anniversary of our first date. So, of course, we go to Chances Are. Where, where else we, would you go? Yeah, we get dressed up, you know, kind of nice, go down there and just have a nice dinner. You know, their dessert's amazing. And I love their carrot cake. I could eat yes, their carrot cake. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what we got. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like... For lunch today, um, JW's, they have a little, you know, noontime deli, so grabbed a couple Philly cheesesteaks there, but, I mean, York's great, it's, I mean, there's a ton of restaurants, we got about every fast food that you can think of, um, two great Mexican restaurants, and, I mean, everything in between, really. For sure, for sure. What's your favorite meal, then? Favorite meal? Um, I would have to say, chances are, fried chicken. Fried chicken. And mashed potatoes and gravy. Yes. There you go. That sounds... I'm going to be hungry again here. It's only just after one, and I'm going to be hungry again. Uh, favorite... Is there a favorite bar that you frequent here in town? You and the coaches? I mean, when you get you know back oh. from games, is there... It's probably someone's basement, but... Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily. Um, we, we might go down to offsides, you know, yeah. and um, just kind of hang out with the guy, a group of guys or something and do a little... Fantasy football, pick them. There you, you know, go. Occasionally yeah. we'll do that. But, yeah, I, I would say probably down there. Favorite annual event that takes place in York County? Are you, like, one that always needs to go to, like, Bradshaw Days? Do you get over to that? Or Henderson Community Days? Or the Sip and Stroll? You seem like a Sip and Stroll guy. Oh, you know, I've never <laughs> been a part of the Sip and Stroll. But, um, gosh, there's always been great things going on all the time it seems like but um recently we've been doing the 
for Christmas time, the the chamber puts on where they drop all the bouncy yeah, balls. Yeah, the holiday festival. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. My kids love it, so I enjoy it probably more than they do. <laughs> but it's it's competition. <laughs> yeah, it comes back to that. Yeah, that love of competition. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be the York Summer Games, but you know that kind of went away. But I think I think Shuri Fultz might. I think be you're. I, I think I saw a Facebook post where yeah. you were trying to nudge her I, back into. I kind of said something to her on Facebook, maybe hoping to start something up again. But um, yeah, there's always something good going on, and we enjoy going. Uh, we, we've been over to the Henderson Days a couple of, a couple times, and went to the car show. They always have a great mm-hmm. car show. Mm-hmm. My kids enjoy that, but yeah, there's always something going on. Yeah, there's always something going on in your town. That's yeah. something that you know we're trying to fight. You know, there's too many young people that are coming from Lincoln and Omaha that <laughs> think, think that everything's going on in only Lincoln and Omaha. No way. There's there's stuff to be done here. Um, so if you could start any business, what would you do? What would what oh, would geez. you what would you be doing if you could just pick a hobby of yours and and do a do a business of that? I would have no idea. Um, It's not necessarily like what would we do, but every now and then you might drive around to one of these small towns. You'll see like one of those old buildings. Mm -hmm. It's just like a little rundown looking. It's like, what can we do there? Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times my wife and I will do that. Like, man, I wonder what, what's the history of that building Mm -hmm. and what can we turn it into? And whatever the business is, I don't know, but but you, every now and then there's there's a couple buildings that are like catches our eye. Have you been over to the Beatrice? Um, I'm not promoting York County right now, but have you been over <laughs> to the Beatrice um, brewery they have over there? No, no. So they turned an old, like historic, um, I think it was an old office building or something like that, and they renovated it into, um, on the basement level, they have a speakeasy type little Ooh, cool. get-together yeah. place. And then on the main floor when you come in is is the is the brewery and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it right now uh, but they've kind of converted it's going to be the first of its kind in the state but they're converting the whole building into an entertainment district so you can walk from the speakeasy downstairs to the bar upstairs with a drink oh, and then yeah. you can walk like there's going to be a restaurant in there and then there's like a little um, boutique restaurant or a little boutique fashion place in there so you can walk within the building as a like entertainment district, yeah. kind of like how Power and Light down in Kansas right. City, you right. can go from bar to bar to bar. It's gonna be that same thing, but on a kind of a big scale. city vibe in a right. small town. Yeah, so yeah, I love it. Stuff um, like that. Yeah, yeah, super cool to be yep. able to turn old buildings into something, something really cool here in town. Yeah, I mean, okay. How about this? If you could turn the old middle school into anything, Ooh. what would you turn the old middle school into? Because um, I bet you've done off that Off the project. top of my head, I can't think of anything, but they told me, wouldn't that be a great paintball place? Oh. I'm like, oh, that's genius. Like levels. Like you and... got multi-levels. You got all those different rooms. Mm-hmm. And you can get some crazy like paintball or whatever yeah. you know, or something like that. That would be something. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, um, I don't know. That's a giant building that's just waiting to be. Oh, it is. I mean, yeah. There's a ton of opportunity there. It's so cool. Yeah, we're, we've had a couple developers, you know, reach out and, you know, try and get it. The current seller, um, you know, has been back and forth about wanting to get rid of it. Um, but, you know, I think it would be a great building to, yeah, be converted into either apartments or, you know, some sort of living quarters. Yeah. Or, um, 
Because there's a lot of opportunity to turn it into oh, there's a ton. something. Yeah, so much. And you got a giant yard around there. And it's two city blocks, practically. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's ginormous. And just the, waiting. <laughs> the college owns the track that's right across the street there. That's so, right. I mean, if we could get that developed, it would really pop off. It'd be really exciting. That's so um, cool. So is there anything else that you kind of wanted to you know say to wrap up our conversation here? Um, I don't think I have anything in addition. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm I'm really glad you asked me to do this. So I appreciate it. Yeah. No, well, thank you for sitting down with me and taking the time. Um, you've always been, you know, one of those people that I've looked up to in the community, and especially now that I've moved back, um, you know, someone that's you know doing everything right and as best as they can, at least you know doing the best they can for this community. And, you know, that's really, you know, all I can ask for is, you know, this place has given me so much, you know, uh, this town is, you know, very unique, I think, in, in how much that, you know, we really um, care about for everyone within the community. And so um, it's really great to be able to sit down with all these different individual people and help share what they have going on in their lives. So thank you for, you know, sitting down with me today and, um, you know, sharing your story about you know why you chose your county and why you you know love to live here. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, Be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.